we don't have a title. Yeah, n- we'll find one. I always find one in there somewhere. Yeah, it'll be it'll be buried somewhere. Hopefully. Yeah. Oops. No, you don't always have to call it every time. That's true. You know? Uh, I feel like rotting trees would be fine. That's thematic. That would work. No. Um, lower, upper, middle. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Lower, upper, lower, upper, middle is a really good summation. Sure. And it's also vague and stupid. It's really vague and stupid, yeah. I'm not sure how good of a summation it is, but that's fine, too. Yeah, that's what sells me on it. Okay. Great. All right. Very good. Matter settled. Uh, All right. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Phrasing. <laughs> Got a fr- That's oh what it's God. called. I didn't make the name. I was just one of the men that served on the ship that went down. That's all I can say. The ship of come. That's any U.S. <laughs> Navy boat. That's what are you true. talking about? That's true. We fought valiantly. We did. Oh, boy. We got nuked anyway. <sighs> Incels <laughs> everywhere. Saddened by what Reddit did at some point over the weekend to... Their precious forums. They took away my precious free speech. I'm voting for Donald Trump now. Okay. <laughs> I mean... Well, now that I got that out of my system. I mean, you know, folks, it's I might not even run again because people don't like me, apparently. People in the courts, they don't like me. I put two of them on there. They don't like me. Oh, man. You I, did I, you listen to I the, don't know that how sound much, bite? Yeah, I heard mm-hmm. this, but I don't know how much you want to get into this because, honestly... I have a much more bleak outlook coming back from Ohio than I had before I left. Oh. Oh, about uh, m- everything? Yeah, well, no, not everything. Just well? just the, just the election if you look at it that way. Just based oh. on anecdotal evidence alone, but you know. I mean, I have bleaker thoughts. The election's cute by comparison to to what? M- larger? <sighs> I can't think of something larger scale except for maybe climate change. I mean, the only thing that's a little bit bigger is. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the level un- of unmaskery and the like, tood from two hundred and seventy pound white women going. I can't wear a mask. I have asthma and I've had ho- four heart murmurs. I can't wear a mask. I, I just won't be able to breathe. Yeah, you won't be able to when you're uh, six feet under. Well, Will and I went to Ohio over the weekend, and when you picked me up on Tuesday, you told me what you just said. And I was really surprised to hear that, because I did not encounter that in my neck of the Ohio woods, really at all. There was very few defiant MAGA people. I feel like a—well, no, that that particular lady was in Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania on the the drive out and on the way back was kind of a whole other animal. I was fully ready to get hate crime just for looking the way I do. Oh, I don't know. That lady— the. If we're talking about the same lady at the gas station, yeah. she wasn't, like, threatening or anything. No. It was just sort of like, oh, you know, she 
looked at us like we had soy face, which is yeah. true. I mean, it, you know, ultimately she's right. Huh. You can't take that away from her. Well, what kind of, she could only see my eyes and glasses. Like what? what? It was the mask, man. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. It's the dead giveaway. The mask and the city slicker clothes and the fact that you don't weigh more than 250 pounds. That's fair. You know? Getting close, though. You don't eat free at Tony Roma's. The no, fuck? Whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The fuck is it? They don't exist anymore. I'm not sure that's true. I bet they do. I haven't seen one. There used to be one on uh, Atlantic Avenue for many, many years. Mm-hmm. That's deceased. Yeah, it's Tony Roma's is the kind of place that trashy people think is fancy. It was... Okay, so picture it. Yeah. 1997. Dark mahogany wood. Hunter green carpeting. Octagonal round booth things. Ooh, carpeting in a restaurant. Strike Always one. disgusting, yeah. Um... But, like, it was the place to go for ribs because ribs were fancy because they were expensive in the night. Were they expensive in the 90s? Yeah, I think in general ribs are pretty expensive at restaurants. Why? I don't know. I think barbecue meat in general, those type of cuts are, yeah. are always expensive. Because it's like a whole piece of it's a thing. Maybe, yeah, it's a whole piece of a thing, and I think it's maybe hard to cut out or, like, slaughter in that way. You sure. know what I mean? I don't know. It tracks, but who knows? Either way, that was the Tony Roma's experience. Like, it was, like, kind of dimly lit. Like, if you couldn't go to Morton's, but you didn't want to eat at, like, Jim's Pig Slapping Shack. Well, like, wait Well, wait a minute. I don't even think Morton's is in the same echelon at all. Well, what's the other M- steakhouse? Morton's, is, Morton's and Ruth's Chris and, like, chain steakhouses yeah. that you're still going to spend a couple hundred dollars at are several strata above a Tony Roma's. Tony Roma's is maybe yeah. like a Cheesecake Factory, but I would even say it's a step down from that. To me, yes. it, to me, for some reason, I always thought of it as fancy Olive Garden. I guess I forgot that Tony Roma's was ribs and like American fare. It was a Ameri- full-on American food that was overpriced because their whole thing was like we have cocktails. Right. It was the only place that like had like a cocktail bar in the middle that wasn't set dressed like a TJ Fridays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you like. Mean. If you had graduated in terms of taste, or you were like, we don't like TJ Fridays. It's too. It's too. Mm. No, I think it was more like you would go to Tony Roma's on somebody's birthday because it was more expensive. It's not that you yeah. don't like TGI Fridays. In fact, you love TGI Fridays and you love Applebee's and Tony Roma's is just outside of your preferred price range. See, I come from a we don't do TGI Fridays. We do Tony Roma's family. On the reg, you're saying? Uh, with like a couple times a year. I don't know. Okay, sure. If only because it's like, I don't know. If Look, you, I, don't if you to, take... I don't mean to cast aspersions on anybody yeah. in any of these crowds. I will eat all oh, of this stuff. Oh, I will. Stuff. Yeah, no. But, like, you know, we're just trying to nail down where in the restaurant hierarchy Tony Roma's It's the same fall. as a Ruby Tuesday. No, it's not. I think it's above Ruby Tuesday. Don't you think? Yeah, I think Ruby yeah, Tuesdays is more along the lines of TGI Fridays or something like that. A Ponderosa. Ponderosa's trashy, too, because it was a buffet. Just Definitely a lower bar. down. Anything with a salad bar is disgusting and will no longer exist, so that's fine. We can all accept that. Um, I don't know. I can't really place it. Like, I'm trying to think of things that are similar, and it's like... Well, it's possible that it's in a league of its own, you know? Tony Roma's is just somewhere in the low upper middle. It's (laughs) it's the Rosie O'Donnell... I mean, it's perfectly Ohio when you really think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean... Were you referring to Rosie's weight there? No, the, the movie, A League of Their Own. Oh. I thought you were referring to low upper middle. Your low upper middle's growing. 
You go to hell as well. <laughs> 171.5. Uh, is that up or down from the last time you weighed yourself? Up. Up. How many pounds? Four? Last time it was one. So you're up a cumulative five pounds right now? What? What do you mean one pound? The last time we talked about this on the podcast, you were up one pound. No, the last time I weighed myself, I went, oh boy, because it was 167. Oh, okay. But like, also, like, if I drink enough water and then just pee... I lose a pound. Like, I'm like a camel. Yeah, that's normal. I think you can lose a pound or two, depending on So I think I maybe gained three pounds. Drank a lot. Yeah. No, no, you probably gained four. Let's be okay. honest. It's okay. You just ate an entire pizza, man. There's no shame in it. Should that I have not told the audience that? <laughs> that makes it sound like I housed <laughs> a Little Caesars. This was an artisanal, handmade thing Yeah. that I made. Yeah, you made it, but you know, nonetheless, I controlled the quantities, the portions of the things on it, not just <laughs> not <laughs> right. not the intake. That's what my different. fitness pal tells you to do: just control the amount of things in your thing, but still eat the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my fitness pal, your fitness pal is like a little angel that's like, please don't eat anymore. You're gonna, it's gonna go over your calories. And mine's like, well, if you look at it this way, yeah, you're fine. No, I weighed myself while I was in Ohio because notoriously my scale here is incredibly unreliable. Like, I literally have no idea what I weigh. It, it's a range of 10 to 15 pounds, mm. depending. It's useless. But so I weighed myself on two separate scales in my dad's house, mm-hmm. and one of them read 177 and one of them read 180, hmm. which is a little high for me, but not as bad as I thought. Mm. However, this was at the beginning of our trip there, Oh, and no. then I proceeded for 72 hours to eat pizza and pasta pretty much exclusively oh, yeah i had some grilled salmon one night that was the closest to Thing health to normal that yeah. i came hmm. but uh no i had some donatos don't know what that is my dad got some really good pizza from another place but i went to a restaurant in mentor Ooh. by the way i ate inside a restaurant shame you shame know, it was weird it was weird but nobody was there we were the last people mm. there at the close of the day so it wasn't that bad exposure wise but it does feel incredibly strange for like all the workers there to be wearing masks and gloves and stuff and you're just allowed to be like freewheeling it yeah that's it gross. was bizarre yeah um but the point about the restaurant was the portion sizes there were the biggest i've ever seen yeah i ordered a chicken picanta picante piccata piccata that's what it's called who's the italian uh, not me okay. i'm american i'm proud of it <sighs> so i got the chicken piccata and first of all it was two cutlets yeah. Two entire cutlets. Uh-huh. They were massive and they were swimming in a very delicious lemon it's butter sauce. It's just a bu- lemon butter gravy with like a pilaf usually. Yes. Uh, there was no pilaf. Instead, there was a side of pasta that was an entire another plate. So when the waitress walked over with my with two plates in her hand, I thought, "Oh, this is my dad's spaghetti and meatballs mm-hmm. and I'm about to get my chicken piccata." But no. It was my chicken piccata and my side <sighs> of spaghetti, which so- was Literally, like, the, the big Ikea plate. Bigger, actually. It was more like they're a big, They're big, like, dish plates, yeah. yeah. This is why, like, I don't know. how And how much did that cost? Around $17.99? Uh, yeah, something like, I was going to say it was, like, 23 yeah. Yeah. Something like that. All of that should cost around $30, if not more. But also, it's pasta, so, like, how, I don't know, margin low. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, you shouldn't get that much food for $23. That's the part that I'm like, 
I we, mean, Grand yeah, and I went in knowing this. This is kind of their gimmick. I mean, the food was good, too. It was yeah. a good place. They made their own noodles and stuff. So it was like mm. good food. But this is their gimmick is that you just get massive portions and take it home. And it's basically three meals. What was it? Uh, it's called Zapatelli's. It's in Mentor. It's like it's it's no frills. You know, it was like a place in a shopping center. It wasn't. It wasn't fancy in yeah. any way, except that it's good food. It's like the New York idea of an old red sauce joint where you're getting yeah. too much food. Precisely. Yeah. But you take that idea and translate it into Ohio, and they're just like, well, we'll just drown you in butter, and you'll like it. Okay? And we're, you're going to take half of it home, and you're like, why are you feeding me for two days? It's one meal. You don't need to, you don't need to do this. Yeah, no, I know. But, you know, a lot of people do that with Indian food, for example. That's the classic yeah, takeout example of a double meal. You can get three meals out of that. What are you talking about? Well, that's what I'm saying. So this is the Italian version of getting two or three I meals out of the so. same order. I, it's no I, big deal. I it's delish. I'm not a fan of like taking things home. If it's delivered and you get two out of it, sweet. Well, as we were just discussing, you're not a big fan of leftovers, basically. You love quantity, but if it's not going into your face all in exactly the same moment, it's never coming out of the fridge again. <laughs> We just cleaned out the fridge over here, and uh, Will took a sweep, and then, as I have to do, I have to go in there and do a little review, a little end-of-the-semester review of, okay, Will did his sweep. Now, what else is in here? A moldy onion. We're definitely Listen, saving that. I cleaned it out while I a was, A tub like, of frosting that's at least two years old. A tub of frosting? Yeah. I left that in there because I figured, hey, this is loaded with preservatives. You'll get to it one day. Oh, the cream cheese frosting? Yeah. What did I use that for? Uh, I believe early in oh, the quarantine you made a blondie. And yeah, you put frosting on yours and I politely declined the frosting. Yeah. It was really good with the frosting though. Don't get distracted by the <laughs> sand message. I'm <laughs> listing the foods that were remaining in the fridge. Uh, no less than four bags of shredded cheese with maybe a quarter ounce left in the bottom of them. Dried listen, completely. Listen, like I forget. They fall down. Some of them are yours that fall down through the crevasses. That's and possible. Then, and I then I go, because there's no way it was that many that were all mine. Because, like, there's no way. I can tell you that at least three of them were yours because they're varietals of cheeses I do not buy. Fair. And brands. Huh? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Sargento? Why would you pay the extra dollar, man? It's not worth it. It was during the early Quarantina, and that was, like, the only brand oh, of I see. something. If the, Yeah, that tracks. In the fear and desperation of the first two weeks, you had to buy up all the cheese in the quadrant. <laughs> Just to make sure if a craving for Mac came along, you wouldn't be in short supply. Well, it's like you have eggs, you have a little cheddar. It's fine. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Put that on a little croissant. Oh, Life by the way, good. we should talk about the mac and cheese dispenser that I'm going to get you for Christmas. It's disgusting. There's a Stouffer's mac and cheese dispenser that looks a lot like a beer tap. And no, it's a nacho cheese tap. It's an, uh, Sure, same same diff, you know. Do you know how gross Stouffer's is as an idea? Give me a break. Tell me you haven't enjoyed some microwave Stouffer's before, because I know I have. I mean, I, I love the French bread pizza. Don't get me wrong. Uh -huh. That's delicious. Yeah. That's just a... That's a... Uh, what are they called? That's a time machine in a little red box. Okay. Everything else, trash. I'm learning right now that a lot of your... Uh, Food obsessions and culinary choices are based on you being a Tony Roma's family. It makes a lot of sense. You have a lot of weird peculiarities that are explainable 
yeah. by having Tony Romas as your kind of mental baseline for what's acceptable <laughs> to eat and what is not. My like, no, if I like want trash, that's basically like I want like a warm blankie. Uh huh. So, there you go. I mean, what does that have to do with Tony Romas? I don't know. You would describe Tony Romas as a warm binky, blanky, not binky. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but like the idea of like something that's so wrong that it's right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's the logic. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't. Mm. But then that conflicts with the other part of my brain that's like, oh no, that's trash. You can't have that. Right, but then you ultimately give in yeah. 99% of the time. Mm. Like 80. You, you know, you're lucky you don't have any food allergies because if you developed one as an adult to something that you loved, I feel like you would need to carry an EpiPen <laughs> and use it frequently. I mean, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's true. Or I would just like Thelma and Louise that shit and just be like, well, it's been a good run. Can't have it. <laughs> Gotta go. Bye-bye. We've talked so much about your fantasy ritual suicides. Yeah. You always want to put yourself on an iceberg flow. or No, that's Thelma when I'm already dying. Okay, right. They're distinct. Sorry. Yeah. That's I didn't like, mean to step on them. That's like being terminal. Right. Like Thelma and Wheezy just like going, yeah, and then woo. Got to make it look just like an Just put ad. your mouth under the mac and cheese tap. And drive right over the cliff. <laughs> I hate this. <sighs> well, what do you got to bring to the table? What did you do in Ohio? I have a lot to say about Ohio if you want to talk about it. I had such a good weekend, really. I mean, if you want to hear me rail about monoculture and, like, the... Perce- like, this is what I'm kind of... You know, I think we just did that for about 16 minutes. Yeah. If you have something profound to say, I would love to hear it. Or... I mean, I'm just worried because, like, even, like, I don't know, there's things that were open that I was like, oh... Or kind of open or maybe open. And I went, oh, I want to go get that. And it's like, can't have it. It's not even open or it's only open for three hours. And like, I don't know. The future's bleak. What and do you mean? Makes sense. What like are you restaurants, about? small oh, okay. mom and pop, sh- like little like baker, like all these things were like, no. I went, uh-oh. They weren't open or you just didn't feel comfortable going? No, they weren't open. Really? Again, I'm shocked. Ohio, in my experience, was A, pretty good about the masks and stuff. There was very Hmm. little uh, political pushback on these matters. And B, everything was open. I went by a movie theater and it was open. I don't even know what's out right now. But yeah. I mean, everything, every single thing was open. From small to large businesses. Really? Yeah. I feel like every small... My thing is like every small thing was mostly closed. And, like, I'm wondering, like, based on the count of Wendy's that I've seen in the past week, I'm like, well, you want to go to Santa Panza? Well, it's a Wendy's now. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, As a matter of fact, I read last night that the largest franchisee of Wendy's and Pizza Hut, a man who owns over 1,600 locations, yeah, he's going bankrupt. And that that put a tear in my eye. I had Wendy's tr- twice on our little trip, on the way there and on the way back. It's my favorite fast food of all time. And as a matter of fact, it got to represent Ohio, Columbus, baby, Dave Thomas. I thought it was in, no, it's Cincinnati, right? No, it's Columbus. Huh. I've been to the first location ever. Huh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so the future's yeah. looking bleak for Wendy's, although you wouldn't know that uh, by the Midwest. No, yeah, it's like it's there's... rip-roaring out there. It's that, and like Chick-fil-A's, I'm like, okay, so I got home of a big chicken that tastes delicious... And then we got Wendy over here with the pigtails marching through the streets going, fall in line, sir. You don't get anything nice. So when we were on our way out there, we intended to get Chick-fil-A. We ended up settling for Taco Bell. We were going to, I was going to, I wanted to do a bang bang and put some of the Chick-fil-A chicken in a Crunchwrap. Sure. 
As one does. Uh, but we discovered that the drive through line at Chick-fil-A was probably at least an hour. Not an hour. Maybe 40 minutes, though. I mean, it wrapped around the building three quarters of the way. When a drive through is 14 cars deep across two lanes, yeah, I'm going to call a, a pass on that one. Yeah, where they have people running down to cars way far away from the window so they can gather your order and prepare. Uh-huh. Anyway, when I got to Ohio, there's a Chick-fil-A right near my dad's house. Mm-hmm. And I said, I saw the same line. And I said to my dad, what is up with that? Is it like that? And he's like, yeah, I don't get it, but it's like that every day. Like It's like that 24 hours a day. That's insane. Except for Sundays, because Jesus. Huh. But so it wasn't just unique to co- coronavirus or being in Pennsylvania. Apparently, Chick-fil-A drive-thru is, is like the thing. It's Yeah, it's where the silent majority goes to eat, apparently. Well, like, did I get breakfast at that particular Chick-fil-A you're talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Did they fuck up my order? Yes. Um, when you have failing malls across America, and that's the that was in the 80s and the 90s, the primary stronghold of... That's correct. I only ever saw Chick-fil-A's in malls. Yeah. Probably until 10 years ago. I would say that's yeah. a safe bet. Yeah. Now they're just going out into the world and taking it over and slapping gay men and women and uh, putting cows up with signs. Like, did they stop that because it's kind of bad? The cow sign? Pe- uh, no, I think I think they still do the cow sign. In what sense is that bad? Does it? I mean, it's going to make animal rights activists mad either well, yeah. way because something's dying. But if like, that's what you mean. But like the bad English and like it looks like a hobo sign. Oh, like I don't know. You could maybe there's racial little, implications. It looks to the a little cl- suspicious. To the cow? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's not named the master bedroom anymore. It's the premier bedroom. You heard about the Dixie Chicks, right? You mean the chicks? They're just the chicks now, and Lady Antebellum. Is just Lady A. I mean, who cares? And then it turns that one. I don't care. You know, no one cares. It, well, guess what? That one has a has a real turns out situation. They didn't do any research, and it turns out there's a folk musician named Lady A who's a black uh, oh, yeah. LGBT person from Seattle. Oh yeah, I yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so now they're gonna. And have she went to, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only song I know of we theirs. We love the censorship, folks. We love it. Oh boy, the only song I know of theirs is, involves like uh, me like. If I die, bury me in a ditch with roses uh, in a river, and it's like a downer. I'm like, why the fuck is this popular? This is insane. I don't know. There, there is a whole brand of pop music that's like kind of emo. Like I feel like um, it's like goth. I was like, what is yeah. this country goth? Billie Eilish is kind of like that, but yeah, country goth, sure. Actually, that would be funny. Until I learned about the name change, I always just assumed that Lady Antebellum was one person, but apparently it's a band. Sure. I don't know. You know, who cares? Anyway. That's a world that we don't exist in. Yeah. I don't know. Who, yeah, you're kind of right. I mean, it, does, it doesn't surprise me that a music genre like that exists, because there's a music genre for every kind, but mm-hmm. who listens to it? I don't know. Yeah, like, are you jamming out to that? Is that your, like, fun song, or is that your cry song with your live, laugh, love pillow, and I think you're like you know, personalized wine glass that has your initials on it. I think it is 1,000% cry songs for people that live in Nashville. No, Nashville people would be like, this is trash. I feel like this is like if you live in Canton or uh, Raleigh. It oh, seems okay. very Raleigh. Okay. Have you ever been to Raleigh? I've never no, been. Yeah, but they, so. that, that aesthetic of like Americana as like... But like bougie Americana, like let's Williamsburg Americana things, but make it a little southern. Okay, yeah, sure. 
It's the whole idea of like uh, what's the shit called from HGTV? Not claptrap. Uh, shiplap. Crumping. You, you know, the, no, that's <laughs> very different. Um, you know about shiplap? No. It's like giant horizontal slats of wood, so it makes the interior of your house look like a barn. Oh, okay, sure. I didn't know that was the name for it, but yeah, yeah I'm familiar with that. Basic bitches across middle America. Well, I put some shiplap up, and then I got a giant clock that's about six feet in diameter, and you're like, ma'am, that's your whole wall is a clock. <laughs> yeah, I got it on sale at the Hobby Lobby, and you're like, okay, I got to go home now. Bye. Oh, man. Also things that are popping up all over the place. Hobby Lobbies? Yeah. Oh. That's also Isn't that also bad because they're like anti-abortion or whatever? Yeah, they also did a lot of... Uh, Stealing of ancient Sumerian artifacts, I think, or ancient Syrian what? artifacts. Hobby yeah. Lobby was extracting artifacts from uh-huh. the colonies. Yeah, and trying to say that they were beads, and but they were like little but tablets. Wait a minute. Of they were writing. selling them, and they they couldn't be doing that. They what were, were they doing, doing with some them? kind of importing, and they were trying to auction them off or something. Like I don't know. How do you get into stolen artifacts? That seems like the weirdest possible thing for like a Christian corporation to do. I don't know. Hey, man. Whatever, I don't ask questions. You know, I just whatever, go, wow. Whatever pays the bills, you know? That's fine. You know, choices were made. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have. Choices were made. We have an obligation to our shareholders to steal precious artifacts. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make, it doesn't even track it, at all. Like, it tracks only in the idea of, like, you know, hyper-conservative, like, uh, shop, not shop owners, but, like, CEOs who are, like, you know, doing back-wheel trading with, like, dick cheney affiliates to yeah, extract sure, things sure. like you know it sounds like they run in the same circle right right you know i was reading about john wayne today because they're changing the name of that airport in la i think it's in la or maybe somewhere in southern california there's john wayne airport it might be burbank or something i'm not sure i thought it was just the burbank airport maybe i i don't have the exact huh, location okay. right but it's somewhere in that zone yeah shockingly it seems like it would be in texas or something. i feel like it's not like arizona maybe it is i don't know I can't remember. Huh. Um, but yeah, John Wayne, he was problematic. This is one of the name changes that I do actually potentially support, maybe. I don't understand how this is surprising to anyone. You know, it's He has the face of a racist. Yeah, no, it's true. Come and on. I, and I you mean, look at him, you're like, ooh, he's said the end um, like 200 times. I feel like the only reason that someone like me doesn't know a ton about John Wayne is that he's just... He's like someone my grandpa admired. Yeah. It's just from so long ago that whatever, you don't have any connection to it. And you're like, oh, that was an American thing. Like, you know, we have a closer connection to somebody like Elvis. Like, mm, that's another problematic, yeah. like, dude that you could be like, oh, okay. That's like somebody that, like, maybe your older parents like. It's not mm. your grandpa's favorite guy. I don't you know? know, yeah. But anyway, it doesn't surprise me because he d- all he did was star in cowboy movies yeah. where he smoked cigarettes and, like, killed Indians. Yeah, but of you course. know, yeah. you got to separate the art from the artist, man. You never know if you're just taking that role and maybe, you know. I think he liked doing that stuff, though. In it was fa- his brand, and fact, he liked. He very much did he, like I, doing. That I think stuff. he produced a lot of that too. Yeah, if it if memory serves correct, there was a 1971 interview with him that was. In, it, it was shocking, like even for that era. Well, he was old and cantankerous by that point, right? I guess so. Yeah, probably. He started movies mostly in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't uh, want to repeat yeah. any of the things that I read because no. it, it's not, it's real bad. Even for you? Um, yeah. Wow. That's, ac- 
That's like fairly terrible. Well, like you know, there's it, it's re- it's really weird to say that for me because it's not like he even used slurs. It's just that the sentiments were so extreme oh, yeah. that I was like, damn, holy shit! It was like, like even being able to say that in public in 1971 seems like that would have been way out of bounds. But yeah, I guess probably it was. But what were they going to do to John Wayne? You know, someone at the height of their power back then, you didn't really question it, yeah. and everyone was just like, oh, the old man's just spouting off again like when but Clint like, Eastwood went off with about Obama in the yeah. empty chair like everybody just kind of let that go it was insane but it was like nobody canceled him for it I mean everyone was like okay he's officially senile right but then he goes on to direct movies that are incredibly competent so it's like clearly he's no Joe Biden you know he's still got a head on his shoulders I don't know did but you I'll watch th- the mule um I tried to watch the mule and frankly I did not think it was very good yeah there you go yeah that the chair talk was post Grand Grand Fury, Grand Torino, Grand. Oh, it was way after Grand Torino. Grand yeah. Torino, that is one of my favorite right wing movies of oh, all time. Oh boy, that's a great one there. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I wanted to chair, return like to he, that for a second. Not so much. W- what I mean is like, it, it's not that I have any problem with what he literally said. It's just like, wow. Okay. He like felt it. Deeply. He felt it so deeply yeah. that it was like, okay, all right, you really, really hate Native Americans and Black people a lot for unknown reasons. Like it's just, just like, because America. Like you know, it's sort of that original yeah. sentiment of just like, well, we're better because we won. It's that kind of attitude. Well, did like we- where you're so essentialist that you're like, listen, power, power cum power. Like just whoever wins is automatically better. There's yeah. no, there is no other factor. To the victor a, goes did the he spoils. go to the did he go to the World War One or no? John Wayne? No, I think he was he probably was too, too young for World War One oh. and too old for World War Two. I, oh. I would put him squarely in that generation. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but I would imagine that John Wayne was probably born during World War One. Oh, because I feel like he. Would, well, yeah, that would make. Well, I'm picturing him as looking at like Teddy Roosevelt, and going like, "I want to be that guy, but mean." Well, you know. Teddy, er. Ro- Teddy Roosevelt is an interesting one because I grew up thinking that about Teddy Roosevelt. And, like, I think young boys in America are are very uh, well positioned to, like, somebody like Teddy Roosevelt because he was basically a child. Like, yeah. his own advisors would write things about him to that effect that, like, I, I forget who it was, but one of his cabinet members was the, said something like, the thing you have to remember about the president is that at heart he's six. That tracks. I mean, and he was like obsessed know. with boyhood and like really naive visions of heroism and stuff. Um, he look like he looks like Augustus Gloop grown up. Yeah, yeah, but being rotund back in those days was a sign of being like powerful yeah. and wealthy. But you know, was he short like like Napoleonic? Or no, was no, he no, like no, a big no. dude? I, I think he was. A, I think he was a big man. Huh. I can't say for sure, but I. Would imagine that. Wait, yes, he was. Use the internet. I want to know his height. It doesn't matter what his height was. Let's just say. He was not Napoleonic. And by the way, Napoleon was not short for his era. What? He was he was above average height for that time period. Oh. All French people are like giant people, though. No, they're not. Really? Oh, what are you talking about? No. Like, if you're a French, like, kickboxer, you're probably a pretty big dude. Mm. But Or like a No, I mean, like, worker. tall. No, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think Europeans in general are pretty fucking shrimpy. Maybe with the exception of some Scandinavians, Germans, Russians. Like the, the Dutch are all the gigantic. Slavs are probably kind of big. No, the Dutch are not. Yes, they are. No, man. I've been to the Netherlands. They're not. They're like six foot. Nah. All of them. Everybody in Western Europe is a shrimp. Okay. Come at me, Western Europe. 
Oh, boy. I never would have stopped at Moscow okay. like the man without whom I will not name. Anyway. Anyway, man, might as well get canceled, you know? It's coming for us anyway. You. And no, it's coming for you, too, by association. Oh, pe- how dare pe- you? People are getting fired for things that their children tweeted. What? Yeah. A couple of people now have been fired because their children tweeted a racial slur eight years ago. There was a CEO of a company that had to step down because his daughter said the N-word on Twitter in 2012. Well, into, I, I mean, here's the thing. The, okay, go ahead. Children are idiots. In 2012, we knew a lot about the world, so like, there's no excuse. Also, like, I don't know. Children, I don't know. How old was this child? The child is now 14. Or, I'm sorry, wait a minute. No, that doesn't make sense. The child must have been 14 at the time. That makes a lot more sense. Why does the kid have Twitter at 14? Twitter, you should have to take, like, a test to be able to use. No, man, people have social media now by that time. Think about it. You're in ninth grade. Yeah. If you have a phone, everybody has everything. You're not going to let your parents take that away from you. Only the strictest parents would be able to rein in social media use at that age yeah you give your kid a brick phone that only can do one thing and you have yeah, to yeah but everybody else has slowly. a smartphone you're not thinking about this clearly <sighs> you were an only child a and b yeah. you have no interest in having children so you never think about these things that's true you also didn't have much of a childhood because you were an indoor kid and spent most of your time eating mac and cheese and playing zelda so what do you know about childhood you're the you're the least authoritative person on adolescence that I've ever known. That's actually pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm risk. And on the other end, so. I'm, I'm the most authoritative person on adolescence because I never grew out of it. Also true. Also very true. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I I would take my word for it if I, if I was you. But yeah, no, that kind huh. of shit's happening. I mean, honestly, I've been thinking about that because I was like, huh, one day I'll have to get a job, and what happens then? Like, like, imagine if there was a job that actually did a background check mm-hmm. that, like, actually did it. Didn't yeah. just run, like, oh, do you have a felony or whatever. But, you know, big corporations, I think, already do this where they have mm. uh, agencies that scan your social media and stuff. Yeah. The only advantage we have is, A, having no listeners. That's good. Yeah, there you go. But, my, like, but like my name and your name are attached to this in a Google search. So if mm. somebody could find your Instagram, they could find this. Technically only yours. Um, well, no, my name's on the on the byline because I own, like, the... the subscription to the server that mm-hmm. it's on but no you're on it i mean on every episode tagged as a co-host you're oh. in your instagram so huh. it's there the thing that i wonder about is do they have like algorithms that can listen through podcasts for keywords yeah not yet but they will here's the reason why so from now on i'm too much work. are all the racial slurs at least 35 minutes in okay um a like even like a machine is like no thank you like because then it has to like interpret tone no, Which it doesn't. Impossible. No, it doesn't because nobody because nobody cares about tone. I mean, the point is, if you ever said it at all, anything, uh, you can kind of glean. Tone and it could from run things, the gamut. Like, think about how many times we have talked about you, like fucking Guatemalan chubby twinks or whatever. You know, even that phrase right there. If that was run as a keyword phrase, they'd be like, "You're out. It this would, guy's done." It would break the computer because it'd be like, "Does not compute. You can't be a chubby <laughs> twink." <laughs> And then you're like, oh, we broke the gay computer. Yeah, the Aww. gay computer, the C-3PO. Truly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I know it's I know it's lame because I brought up the subreddit thing at the beginning of this. But I am like, I told you in the, told you in the car on the way back, like, I feel like there's a lot of implications to what's going on right now that are going to haunt our society for a while. Well, 
how many times I, I said it on on this at least once but like i've said it many times it's like if you take something off the table for people to do they'll just find another way to do it but then no one will know about it and then wilder shit will pop off and it's becomes more the curveballs get a little bit crazier yeah that's for sure like isn't this kind of what kill all normies is kind of about like if we ban these subreddits or 4chan or 8chan it's like well it'll just keep digging Mm -hmm. things will keep digging like it's the idea that like well it's this idea rather like there are truly no subcultures anymore right but if you remove the ability for a forum to exist uh, on the level of shared culture then you made a subculture and it could be it could get bad yeah it could you know I, I would put it i would put it slightly differently like i think you're on the right track almost exactly except that w- what happens in terms of online culture is like you could think of reddit or any other major social media as being the surface layer of the internet right mm-hmm. there's basically five websites that everybody goes to facebook instagram twitter reddit and whatever linkedin let's just say mm. pinterest who cares yeah but you know there's there's a, there's less than 10 that are up there at the top that most yeah. people visit every day and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. um subcultures did exist there yeah until a few days ago that was the decision that they made when the people at reddit said we got to nuke 2000 subreddits i don't know just in case people aren't familiar with this because it was a niche issue for me i don't know if people give a shit or not but like that did happen there was a mass ban on reddit a few days ago of everything from really right-wing places to really left-wing places to just meme pages just got erased Hmm. um they didn't even preserve the archives. All of your comment history is gone. I mean, they erased a huge chunk of the internet that dates back 14 years. Can't um, go in the Wayback Machine and nope. pluck it? Nope. Really? Everything's gone, yeah. Huh. Um, now, back to your point, Like the only way that I would change what you said is that the subcultures did exist, and they existed on the surface level. Mm-hmm. Better they exist there yes. than exist in the darkness of true subculture, which yeah. is what ended up happening with the ones that I frequent. Yeah. They ba- I showed you. They basically yeah. just went to o- back to old BBS style forums where now there is zero moderation. And you better believe when it comes to problematic languages or whatever in 24 hours, it got way worse. Hmm. So, you know, no one's surprised. Yeah, so you you can either like let something exist in the light of day, but it's sort of like what the Germans do with the Third Reich. And I, and I hate even using that analogy. It's just the only one that I'm familiar yeah. enough with to use. But, you know, like in Germany, you can't own a swastika. You can't be like a collector of memorabilia. If you have an old uniform, you're not allowed to keep it. Like if it was your grandpa's or something. People do this, obviously. But it's illegal. <laughs> and basically, you know, this goes back to the Middle Ages, too, is maybe a mother, another more like a historical example that's not as close to people where like there was forbidden knowledge, right? You tried to keep people illiterate in general. And and even if you didn't, if there were um, forgotten Gnostic books of the Bible or whatever that conflicted with your Catholic scripture, you would preserve those books, but you'd keep them vaulted. And now essentially, I mean, it's a little bit worse than that online right now, because like I said, Reddit didn't even try to preserve anything. You can't go request the archive and say, hey, listen, I was a member of this community. I just want my post history back. Like you have no right to it. 
Hmm. You can't even get to it. It's just oh, because it's like buried in some sort of terms you know, of service. At least agreement. in the yeah, exactly. At oh. least in the past, you know, these things were vaulted, and they just said we're setting this aside so the masses don't get a hold of it. Mm. Now it just runs out of control. And we talked about this a little bit with Natalie too, yeah. in terms of the political aspect of this, where like all you're doing is creating further reaction. Yeah, that's all you're doing. It you went from the simmer burner, like the constant simmer burner, and now you're like, well. Let's ratchet it up to four. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to boil, and that's how you got 2016. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that part of the reason that this was done is because they're worried about repeating 2016. Well, you just insured it. Like, that's, yeah, basically I you did. Don't, the logic is so flawed. I don't understand. Well, the, I was thinking about this after we were out of the car for a while. I, I actually think it's kind of more insidious than 2016 because the right-leaning communities that they decided to ban. By the way, this happened across platforms, too. It wasn't just Reddit. Like, YouTube nuked a bunch of pages on the same day. Facebook did the same thing. Like, hmm. it... You know, I hate to get conspiratorial because it's not like Zuckerberg and, like, the Reddit CEO, like, met in a dark room filled with cigar smoke and said, we're going to do this. Execute Order 66, you know? Guy who... The CEO of Reddit just stepped down, like, before this weekend, though. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it was, like... Well, in any Related. in any case, like I think people, I think people in companies like that that have similar incentives will tend to act similarly once somebody opens the door. So Reddit announces, "Hey, we're going to do this in two days," and everyone's like, "Hey, well, this is a good opportunity for us to demonetize whoever stuff yeah. on all anew or like whatever." So YouTube did this to a bunch of right wing people too, and a bunch of left wing people. That's what I was getting to. Yeah, the more insidious thing that I think is different than 2016 is they basically used the right-wing subreddits as a way to scrub the left-wing ones, I think. Hmm. Because the right-wing ones had all been largely abandoned anyway because they were getting censored all the time and getting quarantined or getting people banned or whatever. Or they would erase one sub and they would make a new one and then they would do it again. So they had been effectively chased off the site anyway and Hmm. started their own forums and stuff. Hmm. And so the headline is always Reddit eliminates the Donald, you know, and, you know, all the libs piss themselves because it's like oh great we've fought we fought fascism and we won online or whatever but Mm. really what that really meant was that all the left-wing ones that you know use bad words or whatever also get swiped away and i think that was the bigger thing because now think about what that means politically on these sites is anything outside of basically the center the standard new york times neoliberal discourse is verboten hmm they used it as an opportunity to erase the fringes everywhere. Yeah, when I think Chapo, I don't think necessarily the most vile place in the, you know. Well, I think I might have mentioned this to you the other day, and it's important for the listeners if they don't understand. The Chapo subreddit was a huge left-wing community, but it had nothing to do with the podcast. Yeah. Like, basically, when that podcast got popular, leftists of all kinds just flocked there because it was one of the only places that you know brought together yeah. people of differing views over time their politics really differed from oh. socialism or the or or chapo at all they were basically like um the same type of radical liberals that you'd see out and about now like white people at black lives matters protests hmm. you know like like really really into trans rights really really into like self-flagellating about race relations here's the thing is you know? it really into or is it saying it's saying that's why that's why I wanted to make clear that I'm, it has nothing to do with Chapo or like the kind of politics that I like to espouse. It was really different from that. Yeah, and they just I, used their brand name. 
I getting very, you know, this is terrible, but it's like the performativity is so high and I think no one appreciates it. Like there was a, a moment at, at the beginning of June where it was like, well, at least post do something. And now it's like, honestly, Becky, you, you're not actually doing anything. You haven't put up any money. You're just like, well, I'm sound. I'm echoing. I'm sounding. I'm like, you don't know what that means. Cause it's very painful. <laughs> Second of all, like if you think you have reach amongst your white pe- your white friends like your hubris is so high that you think you're a micro influencer on any level it's like no like I, the, the if pe- you don't trust the people that you're around to make good decisions and do things anyway i don't know what to tell you yeah that's what i don't i i agree with you i don't really understand that motivation it, it is it is a matter of hubris and also condescension like, in a lot of different directions. It's very bizarre. That no one can see through it, either. And I'm like, I don't get it. Well, the, th- the problem is is that I think everybody can see through it, but there is no comfortable space to, like, take a friend aside and be like, this is a bad look for you. Because then, yeah. then it looks like you're denouncing BLM or whatever. And yeah. there's no good way to do it, so you just disengage. You know, you get offline. Yeah. Which, honestly, I think would be better for everybody. But um, I think what's happening now at this late stage in the game with the posting conversation is that I think a lot of people subconsciously are just despairing because nothing is happening. Mm. By Mm. and large, nothing is happening. I know everybody will talk about their small victories, but like, let's be honest, like no systemic change that of any importance is going to come from this. No, the shitty budget passed yesterday. Exactly. You can see what the NYPD did with just moving some money around and calling it defund. And, you know, people will try to fight back by posting, but that's exactly the point is your post isn't doing anything but making you feel better or worse or both. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. There's part of it that seems like a rallying cry of don't give up the fight. But like when you have to say that as someone who's not actually fighting, yeah, the dis- it seems disingenuous and you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of tired of posting these. I want to show brunch again. Well, and and maybe a lot of those people are actually fighting i i tend to believe not really mm. but uh you know the problem is is it would be you would be better off just actually having a real conversation with a friend about your anxiety around this issue yeah. than posting to a bunch of people that are mostly just clicking through it to try to find a cat photo uh-huh you would be better off just doing that. It would be better for you. It would be better for everyone around you because the spam wouldn't exist for them anymore. Yeah. Like, and, you know, if if people outside of your range for some reason see your post, if they have even a slight disagreement with you, you're just sparking the part of them that feels resentment. Mm. I also don't think that anyone who's scare quotes activism is reposting can actually do a you know a, um a you know a verbal uh sparring match with someone who disagrees oh i know cuz it'll just it'll either. just escalate into like you know the inner karen will come out and then it'll just be how dare you how dare and you're like whoa man it's, it's not even you know it's not even just karens or normies it's it's people that are really well-intentioned in general, but that are afraid for some legitimate reasons and some illegitimate reasons. Like being afraid of a second Donald Trump term is a legitimate fear. Yeah. Feeling like legitimate sympathy for uh, like black people being killed by police is like a legitimate sentiment. There's all of that. But like, you know, 
my advice would be like think about the ways in which those things are connected and then really think about some of the things that you post and can you achieve all that you want to do simultaneously the answer is probably not yeah and if you think harder about some of the positions that you take from post to post rather than just accumulating good feelings goodwill and i put that in air quotes goodwill because you're not accumulating anything online is not real it doesn't matter yeah so rather than accumulate like feeling better about yourself by doing nothing and maybe even potentially having a negative impact, Mm. uh, you could just actually talk about these things and you might learn something about yourself and learn how to work, like work in your own mind from a principled stance that's consistent from concept to concept rather than one day it's all about trans lives. One day it's all about black lives. One day it's all about white fragility. A lot of these things are across purposes. You know, the problem that I have is the like, kabuki of the like the most polite version of things or like again the most designed version of like a cab and i'm like it doesn't need to be a serifed wavy font thing that says all cops are bastards like why is that why does that make that safe for you because it looks like a poster that you want to have like sent off to like frames.com to put like i don't no no mas like i like i've seen this thing in the past few days like people posting things of like museum directors like giving speeches and like the weird shitty thing and i'm like ooh, the messy ones i love the me- like that's that i'm fully on board with yeah i love a say their name situation but in the like you know not the like pr- protest version but just like ooh, no name names name the names come right. on but it's still like doing the thing of like a director i'm like who just say it light torch it at this point torch it who I cares mean, but you have to understand that like Every anybody right now that doesn't believe that like slippery slope arguments are a real thing Mm. is out of their mind. The reason that people don't name names is obvious, right? Because obviously, if you know something compromising about somebody that you're close enough to to name, Mm -hmm. uh, you have some investment in their career or they have some in yours that makes that kind of situation impossible. The only situation in which that's acceptable is if they did something cancelable. And some of these things are. And you don't want to start canceling people either because the cancelers then get canceled. Who's watching the Watchmen? They're yeah, all true. they're all out for blood because it feels good to get revenge. And I think mm. that's what a lot of this censorship and cancellation conversation is ultimately about, is that things are fucked up in the world and getting re- revenge feels good, but getting revenge also exacerbates the exact problems that you want to alleviate. That's a snake chasing its tail. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't name the name because you know if you do, somebody also knows something about you at your workplace that one time yeah. you made an off-color joke about Justin Trudeau and Aladdin or whatever. You know, That's funny, and that's, But that's more than enough grounds to get canceled. Like, I saw a guy get canceled, get fired from his job forever because he made a joke about blackface. Not a joke about him being in blackface or doing blackface. His, his joke was uh, on that day when everybody posted the black squares. Yeah. He, he posted a tweet that said, sorry, guys, I thought it was Blackface Tuesday. I took down the picture and put up the square. And it was a picture of the black square. Okay, And so the dude got the th- fired for that. That's insane. That makes no sense. That's a good but also bad joke. Like, I'm not sure, sure. where it lies, which makes it interesting. But it is like a little like, oh, maybe don't bring that up, sir. Like, don't. Oh, come on. It's it's the classic definition of too soon if you believe yeah. in if you believe in such a thing, but it's also a class A bit to do too soon sometimes. And I think that's pretty fun. It's a very 
2013 thing to do. Absolutely. Hit it a little too close, and you're like, it's funny, and you're like, oh, it is, but your timing's off, man. Look, dude, like, I'm not I don't argu- know. I would never argue that that's not juvenile or whatever, but yeah. I think you're insane if you would argue that that person is harming anyone by doing that. It harms nobody. At all. Like, this is a moment when I wish we had a guest that believes something opposite, because I... I I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the idea that when you're going to take a position like I just did, right? Yeah. That that guy shouldn't get fired. You should be able to steel man the argument that sh- that would say that he should. And I am so far away from I, even being able to imagine that that I, I, I check myself. I double check my. What did position. he get fired from? Is the, like I don't. You he know. just had some office job, just some cubicle job. You know. Honestly, this is what I don't understand. If it doesn't reference his company. Exactly. Like, this is the part that I'm like, I don't know. People, don't use social media because if you want to have off-color thoughts, and not, I'm not even saying that that was a racist thought, it's just the kind of thing where you're just like, oh, it's ill-advised. Yeah, definitely. It falls, it falls fully in the ill-advised thing where you're just like, maybe keep that just verbal. Like, you don't, you don't put that down in typing well the worst part about it was it was on a twitter account that wasn't connected to his real name people did research to figure out who it was and then traced it back to his job and then got him fired that's boring it wasn't as if it was like robert levine you know at robert levine on twitter yeah it was some dumb anonymous name and they still tracked him down that's what i mean like how how can you argue that that's not a posse just coming for vengeance Mm. that has nothing to do with justice at all yeah that that's also petty. I don't know. That exactly. it seems yeah. but here's the thing. Let me throw this out there. It seems like if someone went through all of the work to do that and trace his job and everything, he probably did something worse. If someone's down to be so petty to get you fired and do the research, it seems like this light thing that we're kind of like, eh, it's kind of jokey. It seems like he probably did something worse first of all i have no idea whether he did or he didn't but that's beside the point anyway because if he did something worse prove it and get him fired from that Mm. if he sexually assaulted somebody or he was racist to a a colleague like on the job yeah by all means but that's what he should be getting fired for so if you have no concrete proof of that and you just don't like the guy for any reason Mm. I don't know what kind of person has time in their day to do all of that online research just to ruin somebody's life. A like, furloughed person who's not getting paid. Fine, but like y- the the more important part of that is that you are miserable. And that's what we've been talking about yeah. this whole time, whether whether it comes to like posting to ameliorate your bad feelings or canceling somebody out of revenge. It's like there's a lot of miserable people out there right now and it's never been more clear to me. <laughs> Wow, that's strange. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Um, you didn't know? Well, I did know, but like I used to, you know, I, I don't even want to say I used to or whatever. For a long time, it was like I, c- I could not see past my own immiseration. Hmm. Um, whether or not anybody else thinks that's justified, like, fuck you. People have their own problems, you know? Hmm. But like it, it, when you get, when you, in a weird way, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm sort of thankful as much as I hate the way that politics has, not just politics, but uh, the discourse has changed since even February, hmm. um, 
it's worked out for me because I'm more secure in myself. So I can sort of see the forest rather than the trees all of a sudden. And I'm like, mm. wow, there's a lot of rotting trees. And yeah. like I had a lot invested in trying to help the rotting trees. But now like the rotting trees would come for me if it was convenient. Like I'm lucky I'm a nobody, you know. Mm. But I feel bad for them. I don't hate them. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything. Just to, to be them. clear, rotting trees are miserable people. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just want to make sure that you know, clarifying the language. Um, no, I mean, this is this is the pitfall of social media, where it's like if my voice is an extension of my social media voice is an extension of my personality, but it's written down. I don't know. I that's insane to me. I don't believe in like like the idea of getting in a Twitter fight insane to me. Yeah. Why bother? Why bother? Why would you do that? Like social media is that is exactly that thing. It's it's the same idea of like dinner party. You never get too deep. You play a fun game and you don't talk about religion or politics. Sure. Because no one wants to hear it. Well, it has so much to it has so much to do with the design of it. Like Internet 2.0, by which I mean the advent yeah. of smartphones and social media was designed to make the internet no longer anonymous. This is also yeah. something that we touched on with Natalie that it's occurring to me now as um maybe I could put it better here is really having your your online identity connected with your personhood at all, whether you mean that in a spiritual or philosophical yeah. way or in a literal way, like using your name yeah um that's the downfall and the only reason that anybody ever wanted to attach your virtual presence to your actual presence was to take something from you was to Mm -hmm. extract your data and be able to advertise to you as we've talked about a million times so think about that too if you're like an activist posting and you think that you're helping you're just helping algorithms further understand who you are and you're just merging your virtual self and your real self further and further and making yourself part of that machine to get ground up. Hmm. The reason that I always liked the anonymous internet is like, yeah, can I go on like the new BBS forum with all my anonymous boys and like say racial slurs? Like, yeah. But a lot of the listeners of this podcast know me and a lot of them are not white. It's like, do you yeah. think I would ever say that to your face? No. What do you also mean it? No. There you go. Of course not. So it's like I, I don't understand what's wrong with just leaving your virtual presence to be a thing for fun and having your real life be the thing you have a stake in. Don't have a stake in both. Well, I uh, And I know we it's have complicated. A, you kind of have to sometimes. We have a problem, a persona problem in the in this era of time. Yeah. And it started years ago where it's like, oh, no, that's not me. That's my person on stage or whatever. Like, you know. I don't know how that theatricality got so fucked up or if people were conditioned by using Internet 2.0 and then just let the persona take over everything. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the part that I'm like, well, you shouldn't have had the keys to that particular car then. If you can't understand what crafting another identity is, maybe you shouldn't try, oh, this is my persona. Because, like, you're going to not have any control over 
the uh, the membrane between the two. Right. And you're not going to be able to see when it breaks down and certain things cross over and then, you know, glom on right. to who you are as a person. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess my... The, the thing... I think you're right, but I think what's a problem in, in that framework is that why is it an individual's responsibility to be in charge of that membrane? Like, you know... It's your choice to put on put on the you know the performative errors of another being inside yourself i suppose but it's but it's so difficult to tell the difference because it's not like you're the driver of the car it's not like you're the one the one with the keys like well things that's like if you instagram have a, and iphones are yeah. designed to addict addict you you know hmm. as like a, yeah. as a jewel smoker you can understand this impulse where it's yeah. like you know that it's bad and you keep doing it and and it's really really hard to will yourself to stop. So I actually feel bad, or f- feel further bad for people that are so entangled in persona and their authentic lives and can't tell the difference because they didn't do that. They that was done to yeah, them. Yeah, they they like the idea and were kind of good at juggling, but then the infection began when it was like when you get the feedback of i like this persona person that's very much unlike you so whatever weird insecurity that that person has that only feels like the performative persona can fulfill right because you know that's the part that trickles into is like the dopamine rush of like oh that got some att- oh oh interest Ooh, okay maybe i'll adopt some of that in my actual it's like no actually like people like you because you're not that person yeah a greater public may enjoy it, but they don't have to deal with you on a constant basis. Yeah, right, right. Like, ugh. like me at 11 doing this when I'm feeling loosey-goosey, if I was like that all the time, shoot me. Right. I wouldn't want to deal with that. I know people like that, and they're annoying as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I think extroverted people in general have never really had this problem. Yeah, well... But there's multiple kinds of extrovert, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, everything r- lies on that spectrum. But I think the internet actually serves introverted people in an interesting way because they can perform at a higher level yeah. virtually because for a long time the stakes were lower. Mm-hmm. But this this is the issue, is that the stakes now are incredibly high. Yeah. And, you, and it's so well demonstrated by politics posting online. Hmm. Because the stakes to the material world and the political consequences there matter a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are letting out their anxieties by doing it virtually. Yeah. And it's exactly the opposite thing that you should be doing. You know, like, mm. I think one of the things that changed my mind was being in Ohio, and I had a conversation with my dad. Um, and I've noticed about him over the past couple of years that he mostly will avoid politics talk with me. And... Good move, Ron. Well, and it's not it's not because I yell at him or anything. Mm. Like I, I I've gotten better over time, especially with people that disagree with me about how do I get what I need out of this conversation, right? Mm. It never works to get too fired up or say anything too um polemic with them because it shuts them down. And by by when I say people that disagree with me, I'm not talking about when I talk to our friends that like 
will get so upset if I say something about maybe the defunding the police is not the best thing or whatever. Uh, that's not what mm. I mean. I mean people that profoundly disagree on like every level. I mean conservative mm. people. I mean yeah. right wing people. So when you get when you get to the level like when I get to the level with my dad where he's not talking to me about politics anymore and it's not my fault. It's not because I'm getting emotional or yelling. It makes me curious, right? And so he brought it up one night. We were talking about BLM and the protests mm. and all this stuff. Um, and I asked him later, I said, dad, do you like talking about this politics stuff with me? And he was like, no, No. not really. (laughs) And I said, well, why? Because you know, like I'm pretty open-minded. I like talking with you about it because I learned something. Mm -hmm. And you know what it came down to is he was like, look, you just know more about it than me. Mm. I don't want to be out of my depth in a conversation that Mm. makes me uncomfortable. I would oh, rather I would yeah. rather talk about sports or you know the Michael Jordan documentary mm-hmm. or whatever like we vibe on just because that's more fun to me. Yeah, politics is not something that's fun to me, and it's not something I know a lot about. So I'm wrong. Like, but the important thing was he realized about himself. I'm wrong a lot of the time, and talking to you about it, I learned that. Mm-hmm. But that makes me feel bad. Yeah. Because when you're a reactionary person and a more intelligent person tells you, like, well, actually, if you're talking about Confederate monuments, they were built in the 20s or the 60s. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And it, But as soon as you have to reflect on that and then you realize, well, am I going to vote for Trump again? And you start to think about it. It makes you feel bad. Yeah. And you just want to live your comfortable well, t- retired well, life. But it know? also takes you out of the present. Yes. The present, you know, di- like conversation that you're in. I don't want to call it a dialogue, but it takes you out of the thing and you're like, huh. What else do I have to unlearn or relearn? And it's like, well, a lot, but well, baby and, steps. You know, I don't know, he was very transparent about the idea that he's advancing in age and that he just wants to be comfortable for the rest of his life. And politics will inevitably make him uncomfortable unless he just keeps voting for the people that give him tax cuts. Mm. And that's ultimately what it comes down to for a lot of these people. Yeah. It's not that he's a racist. It's not that he's a reactionary. He becomes those things because the cultural discourse on the other side has no patience for him. Mm. But so, you know, huh. what I'm yeah. saying well. to the posters out there is sit down and have a three hour conversation with your parents about their their interests. And you can sneak politics in there if you want to. And they'll actually listen to you. And they'll reconsider their positions. And the next time they're with their reactionary friends and they're golfing, hmm. they might say, hey, Lou, did you know, actually, those Confederate monuments were built during civil rights by the Klan? And it's not like that will change somebody's mind. But now you've just passed that meme one level further than it ever would have gone. And you've done a lot more good that way than posting a cab on Instagram. Because you've reached yeah. nobody that way. Nobody. Well, the noise factor becomes too much. I don't even think it's that. I think it's that it's easy to do that. Yeah. And it's not easy to ask your dad in a vulnerable moment, do you like talking to me? And he says no. Yeah, that's true. Like, think about that. You, yeah. have, you have to sit in that position and go, wow, I alienate my own father. Mm-hmm. You know, so my dad might rethink his reactionary political positions, but I have to think. Oh, was I a dick? Am I alienating to yeah. him? Yeah. And it sucks both ways, but you get through it together and you grow. Yeah. I think we do that all the time with each other. Sometimes it happens on Mike, sometimes not, probably yeah. really rarely. Mm. But, you know, I think that's the more productive thing. But that's the point of living and not the point of performing. 
this is yeah. maybe to circle it back. It's like if you lose sight of living to continue to perform a life, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, and there's no nice way to tell someone that because you are a prick in that. But like, especially if it's someone who isn't close, this is the thing. Like if you're, if you're doing it as a critique and you're just like, Hey, by the way, no, like it, it seemed, this is how you get the thing of don't attack me. I'm just doing, just trying my best. And it's like, you're not, you're trying your best towards an end, not trying your best. That's right. Yeah. Buy my trophies. <laughs> I send you trophies. It's $5. You pay shipping and handling. You can feel good about being you. But, like, don't be your at. Don't be your handle is what I'm trying to say. Is like Performing your handle is stupid, and being accountable for your handle in real life is also incredibly stupid. Well, what, what the internet always does and what the persona online always does is take you out of the present because the world of bits is not the world of atoms. I don't know what that means. It means, you know, online... Th- Aren't atoms technically in bits of, of the information because electrons? No, don't get don't get bogged down in the analogy. I never should have said it. Yeah, that got me. Um, like, I'm a little confused. But the, but the point is, the online world is an ever-escaping present. You can never be present online because the feed goes by and the posts go by. You're always anxious. You're always anticipating, right? But what a conversation can do, especially a tough one, is actually keep you present. Yeah. I think that's really what you're talking about. If you have one foot in the past and one foot in the present, you're pissing on today. <laughs> Never heard that before? You got to figure a trophy out for that one. Some kitschy object. <sighs> I'm sure I'm sure there is a, uh, a a trophy, like one of those column trophies that has a urinal on it that says best aim. Oh, my God. Dude, if there's a urinal trophy, that's a great Duchamp reference. You're already halfway. You're there. already I mean, halfway there. I think someone did a gold thing, though. Well, Didn't Mauricio Catalan did the gold urinal that was at the Guggenheim. No, that was a full toilet. Oh, okay. That got stole. It did. It when it it traveled to somewhere in the in the Europe, somewhere in the that's Europe. That's awesome. Someone stole it. I hope they melted it down and made it into bullion. Uh, probably. I think it was in the Netherlands. Someone just like whoop. That's good. Fuck that thing. It's the dumbest thing. That's the kind of decadence that we do not need. Points that you don't need to make. Yeah, Italians love gold. No shit. <laughs> like, come on. Like, why is this a thing? Some tourist is buying, like, a 16-carat gold chain on a cruise in the Mediterranean. Made out of, made that, out of that, that, that toilet. Several thousand tourists have pissed in <laughs> in New York, yes. No, I thought, uh, like, Sherry Levine made, like, one, like, a gold one. I think you're right. She did. Of the Armut style. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, you're right. She did. I think okay. that was an addition. I've seen that. Before. Okay. I was like, I'm not going insane, right? Um, but you put that on a fucking trophy? Oh, yeah. You got it. <sighs> well, anyway, we can comfortably end there. Yeah. What is that? Like, hour 20? 109. Oh, I wish it was longer, kind of. I could keep Why? talking forever, but that was seemed like a natural end place. 